Welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts this week. We have uh, Tom Mannering. Hello. We have Ben Porter. Yo. And we've got myself, Josh Hartley. I nearly, I was nearly put off by Tom's username that he's plugged in for. I nearly called you Tommy Danger, Tom. As well, you should. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy <laughs> Danger, how has your week been? Did, did you get your Luminous Realm Lords pre-ordered? Good one, Ben. <laughs> how how we laugh. Very witty and topical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's been it's been quiet hobby wise. Um, a couple of role playing games here and there, um, and I got my delivery today of Marvel Champions Galaxy's Most Wanted, which received its usual humorous takes from you guys when I told you about it. Uh, I'm 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 stopping posting the intervention gif now because it's ran its course. But, uh, it, it goes, goes without enough. saying as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you opened it up yet? I'm waiting on my forty quid worth of deck protectors arriving. Good man, I, I respect that. How are you, Ben? How's your week been? I'm gonna I'm gonna take this away from myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've been good. I've I've just been working away on the on some commissions. Um, I have been. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, it's mainly stuff for Josh I've been doing this week, actually. Um, uh, I, I painted up um, the the Forge World Character Series Typhon model. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool model. Uh, showing its age a little bit, but still a cool kit. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I've also started working on some Blood Angels for Mr. Hartley. Yes. So I've got uh, ten, 10 intercessors. Um, I'd just finished doing the transfers on them before I came on here, actually. And I am I'm waiting on some bits and pieces to do the bases. Mm-hmm. I have uh, several thousand tiny bricks on the way, uh, and and also I thought this was really neat. I found uh, twenty eight mil sandbags that you can actually soak and reshape so that they will like conform to the the shape of whatever you sit them on. Oh, so if you've got them like mm. draped over a wall or something like that. So I'm I'm looking sounds really sad, but I'm looking forward to playing with my sandbags. Yeah. So here's, here, we've uh, all been there. Here's a question, right? Um I don't know how much you paid for those sandbags. Would it be like viable to actually just use a bunch of them to create terrain pieces with? Um, I'll double check the price on them, but I, I imagine imagine you could, yeah. Uh, same with the bricks, you could probably um, stack them together to make like uh, a, a wall that's been shelled and broken up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's lo- I, I'm basically what what I use them for is because um, with these blood angels, I want the bases to look like a, a city that's been shelled. So what so what you do is you put like your your texture paint on the base and then you just like push little bits of junk mm-hmm. into the base so like you know little bits of wire um i use little bits of cork bark to look like rubble or stones yeah you shove a bunch of that in and then you spray it paint it and then stick some pigment powder on it and it it, it looks uh it looks pretty convincing 
the nice thing with that is you can uh, you can use that technique to give those uh, Space Hulk Terminators the Tom Cruise treatment to like make them look a lot taller than they actually are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. That's pretty much been my week, but I th- I think um, I'm I'm probably going to take a bit of time over the next week or so to to work on some competition pieces because yeah. there's a few big online competitions coming up. Uh, so, so far I've painted one leg on the magma droth I'm supposed to be entering so when's the deadline? oh it's like May okay. so I, I've, still, I've, I've still got at least a month well, I, I was uh, going to say when, we say when's it's the beginning May. of May and when's the end of May so. yeah yeah, but it's I don't know the year's flying in for me I know that's that's something like people just say like every single year but it's true shut up <laughs> so um yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the the Blood Angels all all uh, done in their red glory, uh, and Typhon as well. You you were showing me on uh, camera the other night, but he lo- he looks awesome. I'm going to use him because I don't play thirty k. I'm I'm going to use him as uh, Typhus if I ever want to field a Typhus led army for my Death Guard. So. Um, because I, I prefer him to the plastic kit that they've got for, for Typhus. So. Yeah, he's a bit busy, that guy, isn't he? A bit, lot going uh, on there. bit too much happening, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I have my classic Typhus model, and I'm, I'm happy with him. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Do you have him in... Met- have you got, like, the lead one? He reaches... Let me double check. I can't actually remember what he's... No, he's resin. <gasps> Still cool. Yeah, he is. He is fine cast. Fine crap. And an oxymoron if ever there was one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving moving on from uh from that hand grenade. Um I, I I've been uh I've been doing alright this week. I've been painting uh my Necrons. I've finished my Scorpec Destroyer Lord and the uh, Canoptic Reanimator. So next up I'm I'm gonna get the some of the scarab swarms done. Um, my Codex Drakari and Warzone Caradron uh, books arrived last weekend as well, so I've been having a read over those. Uh, the Drakari book is really cool, uh, insanely complicated. <laughs> I think is what I think from a design point of view, what they were going for was much like Harlequins, like a um, a difficult to pilot but very strong army if you can get it um which i think is neat. so I, I haven't had a chance to to look at the book obviously but um i was talking to billy today mm-hmm. and apparently there's a bit of discussion in the 40k community already where they, they reckon that the drukari are going to cause a bit of a shift in the meta again yes um and and uh he was saying specifically um it, it's negated the usefulness of some of the Primaris units that he's been working on because he thinks that really you want to lean towards volume of shots rather than like one shot, one kill type builds. Yeah, uh, because basically the what they're able to do is field like human... And like up until this book came out, most of the armies that were... Uh, were released for ninth edition. You were probably wanting to run like small squads, like typically five, maybe ten people at the tops. The the big outlier to that being Necrons, 
Um, this is a book where you want to run like multiple units of 20 witches. So yeah, definitely I can see Billy's point there. Like you, you are wanting to switch out what you're typically bringing if you're expecting to come up against Drakari because you need volume of fire rather than strength of fire to deal with them. Um, and it's they are um, they're, pro they're probably undercosted a lot of their stuff, so they can just field a lot more threats than a Space Marine player can field as well. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm not I, I I don't I don't play like competitive 40k or anything like that, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the meta. Well, I play Salamander, so I'll be fine. Yeah, you just burn them all. <laughs> um, I will. I, I will quickly say my feelings on War, the Warzone Caradron book. It's pretty cool. It is not worth the thirty-five pound price tag, though. Um, Ouch. It, yeah, like I, it is cool because it gives you a proper narrative to like this war, uh, this particular little war that's happening in the for, uh, in the forty k universe, um, and it give it, it's a pretty detailed account as well. Um, the rules are pretty light for like running a campaign. They're cool, don't get me wrong, but it's it literally amounts to like three or four pages of campaign rules, and then the rest are like supplementary information for different codices. Um, it's a shame. Like I think I think if they charged like twenty five pound less, I'd been going. Yep, this is great, but uh, I just feel like it's a bit a bit overcosted. Every so often they seem to, to do that Games Workshop where they, they'll release a book that um, they hype up quite a bit that really doesn't add very much to the game at all. Yeah. Even if you are like a narrative player or whatever. Like for me, um, uh, last year they released Wrath of the Ever Chosen for mm -hmm. Age of Sigmar. And like it was one of those books, like, unless you're a Chaos player. There's probably not any reason to get it, right? Because even like if even if you're like, you know, well into your fluff like me, nothing nothing really happens in the story either. So it's like, it's, whereas like people have been buying the Broken Realms books a lot of the time just to read the story because it's been mm -hmm. so good. Um, but um, I don't know why they do that. I don't know if maybe it's like, you know. The staff have had a campaign, so like let's let's bundle it in a a book and sell it. I don't know why they do that, but I mean plot wise, this is like continuing the the narrative because I believe like this is where Typhus is in the the forty k universe at the moment, and I believe Abaddon is going to arrive at some point, uh, and when he arrives, places planets blow up. So you know. Uh, that might happen again, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's it, it's a shame. It, it could have been really. It, 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 I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I, I don't think you get your money's worth with it. It's my two cent. So, so there we are. Uh, right, shall we? Shall we talk it. about some of the news that's been going on this week? Yeah. Yep. Shall we stick on Games Workshop? stuff and talk about Curse City going up for pre-order this weekend as you are indeed listening to this right now dear listener Curse City bitch, Curse Curse City bitch yeah 
done. Ben, you're you're getting your copy. Uh, well, you're 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 going to be getting your copy. Uh, I assume for this, you're you're really excited for this. I I am. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Curse City. Like as soon as they announced it, I was excited for it. And do you know what? I I actually remembered the other day that um a while back when we when they were still releasing Blackstone Fortress, Josh, we were talking about how it'd be cool if they they go back to Age of Sigmar for the next Warhammer quest mm-hmm. and we actually said it'd be really cool if they did something where they focused more on like the undead. Yep. Do you remember do you remember we, yeah. we talked about it's that? It's prophetic. Yeah. And the monkey's paw closes one finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it it look I mean we've talked about it on previous episodes. It looks fantastic. Um hundred and twenty five pounds, which I think is uh Pretty much bang on the money for for what you're getting. There's been been a bit of upset of late though because um, a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the I, I can't speak for the Games Workshop stores, but a lot of the independence independent stores have been told that they're getting an allocation of I think usually it's fifteen, and some of the larger ones are getting thirty. Okay. Um, and as far as they know, at the moment, they don't know when they're getting more yeah I, just like a public service announcement on this one though guys like it will probably sell out online and you will probably see it go up on ebay with uh, with um scalpers for like an over the retail price value maybe even significantly more this isn't a limited run this will be available again at some point in the near future so don't don't spend more than the retail price for it because you don't need to and you'll be getting ripped off. Um, case in point, that Piety and Pain box set that sold out immediately and as even like yesterday was being sold on eBay for 150, 160 pounds is back in stock on Games Workshop's website now. So don't fall for it. Um, I, I genuinely think they might be having some sort of production issues at uh, Nottingham with having to adhere to social distancing in the factory. Uh, yeah, they can't knock things out as fast as they normally would. There'll be limitations on yeah. on how much they can produce, I imagine. Yeah. But speaking of production issues, mm-hmm. forgot to mention this before we, we came on the air, uh, there's been a lot of uh, disgruntled voices in the, the board game community of late because the there's been a bit of a fiasco in the Suez Canal in, uh, in <laughs> Oh, I forgot all about that, yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. imagine being the captain of the Ever... Uh, what was it? The Evergreen <laughs> yeah, So unless you've been living under a rock uh, this giant freighter called the Evergreen has managed to get like lodged across the... the the breadth of the Suez Canal and the ship can't move and I think it has moved now actually, but the ship, it was unable to move and it blocked everything, and, and you know I'd never heard of the Suez Canal but apparently it is one of the major like freighting It's ways. huge, yeah, because it means uh, sh- it, it's so that ships don't have to travel south and round the Horn of Africa to get to the Mediterranean so yeah. um yeah, it's it's a big deal if ships can't get through there because obviously we we import a lot from Asia, so um, it was a, it was a big it, as funny as it is it was a big pain in the ass for for people. 
Well, and and as you said, because a lot of goods are coming uh, from from Asia to us through the the Suez Canal, it means it means that a lot of board game kickstarters uh, are experiencing delays. Uh, so, yeah, it's, so I mean, there we are. It, so it's like it's like yeah. first first world problems, like you know your really expensive luxury items being slightly delayed, but like because there'll be stuff getting freighted there that's actually like important, you know. Well, like vaccines, right? Because yeah. are we not importing some vaccines from India? <laughs> like. They they could have been on one of those ships for all I know. Vaccines, there'll be like engineering components and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I I recently learned something in regards to board games I didn't know was a thing until this week, is that there are people that make forgeries of board games. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. Massive. Yeah. Which I had never heard of until like I was on a board game group and someone was like, oh, I've purchased like a forged copy of like. I don't know, wingspan or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but and I was like, forged copy of a game, and I, I actually looked it up at that point, and I was like, wow, I, I can't believe yeah. there are people out there making dodgy copies of board it's games. A massive, it's, crazy. it's a massive deal because you think about it, a lot of the companies that are producing games that are, are popular at the moment are, in the grand scheme of things, pretty small. So mm. it, the the one that springs to mind for me right away is the the company that make root leather games. The, mm-hmm. Whenever they do a production run of that, that game sells out almost immediately. So, it, it it's great for them, right? Because they've never got like a, a backlog of product. They've always they've always got um a good cash flow for for what they're working on. But the flip side to it is it is it's it's absolutely ripe for counterfeiting because there's yeah. a mm-hmm. there's a market. For their counterfeit product, like there's people that are, that are choking for a copy of Root, and uh, yeah, and some of them will go. Just imagine it. some guy like coming up to you in the pub and opening up, you know, his duster and he just opens it and like Root and Wingspan yeah. just kind of <laughs> fold out and yeah. buy a board game, mate. Uh, please close your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if I remember, it was wasn't Secret Hitler hit really bad with counterfeits? Yeah, that was one of the worst. Like, I th- and I think the yeah. problem was that I think he it's a weird one because the guy that made it made it print to play so he said to yeah. people like you know you can print it and do and I think I think he actually made it free on the print to play but when they did mm-hmm. the Kickstarter for it they did like you know some physical copies of it and that, that was what happened was the counterfeiters used the print and play to, to counterfeit the game yeah so yeah, you got to be careful. Unfortunately, uh, buy from buy from your local game store for multiple reasons. You'll know it's a genuine copy because they're getting this from a, a legit supplier, and you'll be supporting a small business local to your area as well. So there yeah. we are. Um, before we move on to other news items and away from Games Workshop, do we want to talk about that new Sisters of Battle <laughs> model that they oh. released. <laughs> right, right, first, can we all agree that this is like the worst new model that we've seen this year? Uh yeah, I think so. Um, like, the, it, I, I feel, I feel like the um, a lot of the criticisms we have of this model are like general. This is bad sculpting, whereas like the Lumines mm-hmm. stuff 
it's personal, right? Like you can't argue that it's been sculpted by very them. personal for Tom. It's it's just it's just. Per- I mean, I mean, I'm I'm wrong, Tom. It, it it's a case of personal preference. No, no, right? it it was when you did say it's the worst model this year. I, I was kind of like, well, the Luminous still exist, yeah. but I, as much as I don't like their designs, the sculpts are. Yeah. Good. They're well executed. Uh, and the, right? and the, this, this is where I yes. think you, you know, you're need, you're needing to like make the distinction between like personal and general criticism, uh, and we're mm-hmm. we're now going to go into some personal and general criticism about uh, about this model. Yeah, she her face looks like she's playing a game of where's the cactus. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what was she called? <laughs> What's the name? Um, of the the uh, dog lady. I can't remember. Dogmata. She's called a dogmata. Dogmata. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an unfortunate name. Yeah. yeah so, um, um, she's got a horrible pose. Uh, she's got massive shovel hands. Yes. It, 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 so that I I don't mind that pose. That pose can work well. I've seen it work like on the Necron as a just similar pose. Say, yeah. It works well. But for that model, in, in the context of a sister battle, it, it doesn't work. It looks really flat, really boring, and and a little bit awkward as well. Mm-hmm. I I actually like when I first saw it, I had to do the double take because I was like, you know, that you see the text saying "New Miniature Monday," but my head saying like that's a model from like twenty years ago. I'll I'll go further. It like it's. It's worse than their old bad female sculpts. Yeah, it's. It, I think. It was, but it was even like the way it was painted was bad because it's like you know. Yeah. When I go into the shop, they are coming back with a change type of thing. <laughs> when I saw it, I actually I I didn't see it on a Games Workshop page. I just saw it like posted in a random group, and I thought it was third party. I thought it was like a, you know the knockoff models. You yeah. Get. You know, where it's like, women of war or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's not bad for a third. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give some, like, a little hint of praise. It looks marginally better with the helmet option. Marginally. It still has all the proportion and anatomy problems, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's... This is worse. Than, oh, sorry. This is worse than when they revealed that ultramarine character, like back, like <laughs> earlier in the year. <laughs> he looked like with the weird looked, haircut. He looked like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Question: Have they given the new Sisters of Battle model to a bad intern? <laughs> that uh, yeah. It's like Harry the intern or something. Just no, joined no, no, up no, like because. Like, uh, uh, genuinely, I I really like that model range. I I liked that model range, <laughs> uh, but all the new stuff that they've revealed so far this year, like the best has been that Palatine character that's in the Piety and Pain box. But she's not like an incredible model. Of, of the sisters, like... is this is that what you're saying? Sorry, of the of the sisters of battle, yeah. Because yeah. the best um, model that's been revealed this year so far, I think, is a toss up between. The Rat Prince and Belcor for me. I I mean yeah I'd have to I'd have to think about it I don't know off the top of my head but like sorry just like the Sisters of Battle yeah. like that Palatine was okay and then everything else they, they they've done like the Baby Walker they've done the 
Lehman Russ with a load of filigree sticked on it, and now this. <laughs> what I want to see is this uh, Dogmata woman inside the baby carrier. You know, really, really mesh that shit together. <laughs> Wait, yeah, literally. Shit, almost literally mesh that shit together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is my golden demon entrance, you know. Oh, yeah. no. The worst you've produced, and I'll paint it with contrast paints. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tide marks um, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh check it out guys. It's 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 pretty bad. <laughs> but check it out, it sucks. If 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 you think we're wrong, and by all means, like I've actually seen people on social media say, Oh wow, that's a great sculpt. I'm like let us know, okay? Let us know. Did you send oh. them a link to like Optical Express when you saw that? Like <laughs> <laughs> I should. I mean, you're entitled to your own opinion. Yeah. 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 Well, this is it. I like if someone's enjoying it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm to not to gonna bring make them to bring a sense of ba- of balance, like they have been knocking it out of the park with their new sculpts of late. So it was a matter of time before they had another howl. Well, I, I think it, all the more reason why this seems really weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, everything so far this year, like. Everything they've revealed has been great. Like, apart from all the Sisters of Battle stuff, and Tom hates the Lumineth Realm Lords. Should we, should we should we move away from Games Workshop stuff now for a second? Yeah. And uh, for a second, we've got. <laughs> I mean, we, we we may well come back to it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we don't structure these things. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think any of our listeners are under the illusion that we have a plan going into these things now. So We have tried to have plans before, but Josh tends to just sort of improv it a little bit and, and goes off the reservation. It's fine. It's fine. Well, it's, uh, it's off the reservation. It, it, it <laughs> makes it feel authentic. Um, okay, we've got some news from Paizo, uh, the publishers of uh, Starfinder and Pathfinder 2.0. Um I don't know. Why did I call it Pathfinder 2.0? It's Pathfinder you messed up Beast of a Segway because you could have gone from, you know, we've just mentioned the Lumineth, which Tom loves, now onto Pathfinder 2.0. Which Tom also loves. Um, so, <laughs> Paizo have, uh, have announced their convention for uh, 2021. They've announced PaizoCon online. For obvious reasons, uh, it's not going to be run in person, which it normally would be, uh, but given the current climate, it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing PaizoCon online. They're also doing a PaizoCon Europe as well. It's a four-day event. Um, loads of stuff going on. Sorry, did I hear that right? Is Starfinder been out for four years? If you include like the beta as well, because um, they did kind of a beta release. So yeah, it's probably about four well, years yeah. including that. Because um, I remember I did, when I was still uh, Avenger Captain for Paizo, I did the uh, the release of Starfinder at PaizoCon UK, and I did like the demo games for it, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, and I got to meet a lot of the, the writers and things. Uh, some of them are really sound, mm-hmm. some of them aren't. Uh, but that's a different <laughs> story. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. I was going to ask, so, so you, we, you've spoke uh, previously on the podcast about Pathfinder 2nd Edition and why you don't like that. 
have you have you spoke about Starfinder uh, and your feelings on that? The ship combat, which is obviously going to be a, a big part of any kind of space opera that you play, yeah, to any to some degree anyway, is slow and boring and and just the worst. Ship combat, and more like shit combat. Am I right, Tom? Exactly. Well, hey. Exactly, Ben. Way. Uh, <laughs> when when it was released there was a real imbalance in the classes um, so in D&D you've got classes like your barbarian, your fighter your wizard, all that jazz yeah. Starfinder they, they have sort of their own spin on those for, for the setting and one of them was called the operative which is kind of the equivalent of a rogue and, and if you weren't playing an operative you were garbage you know you just you didn't stack up comparatively um, and the ship combat, <laughs> the ship. The worst thing about the ship combat right, is the pilot has a great time. Whoever's playing the pilot is having a ball. Everyone else is just sitting watching another player have a great time for what usually equates to at least an hour, if not Ooh. more. Yeah, the pilot's just sitting no, there beating fun. awful. Everyone's having a miserable time. Uh, so yeah, the the problem uh, with ship combat in in these RPGs is it becomes very mechanical. Um, and it, it sort of breaks down a lot into almost like a, a war game uh, or like mm-hmm. Battlefleet Gothic rather than a, a role-playing game. And I mean, you, you see that in like the 40k system. It's in uh, Starfinder. Um, even to a degree, it's in, in Star Wars, although you can you can kind of map around it a little bit. But I've just never really seen it done particularly well. Vehicle combat in general just seems to be problematic. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even done that much of it in Star Wars. We've had a couple of ship combat segments, but uh, we haven't dived too much into it. And I, 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 do, I was wondering whether you were avoiding it deliberately or... I'm not avoiding it. Um, I mean, we're playing pre-written stuff um, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that there's not a lot of ship combat in it or you've you've done things to kind of avoid it yourselves. Um, yeah. I... I know the rules to it. Uh, I, I certainly haven't pushed for it, I would say. Um, but uh, it, it's it's one of those things, like, I think it's much more exciting to, to watch ship combat or play ship combat on, like, a computer game than it is to talk about ship combat um, because you're ultimately talking about, you know, cubes moving around, which are fairly static, you know, mm-hmm. things. You can't really describe, you know, I mean, you can describe like loop de loops and you know funky maneuvers, maybe, but you're you're gonna quickly run out of things to say. Yeah, like the same flexibility as a a body. It's maybe for the best that it's kept to a minimum. <laughs> it is actually there. There is one I have planned that does have a lot of ship combat in it. Ooh, but, okay. Uh, okay. We'll see if that comes up. I think. The risk is sounding a little bit pretentious. That I think how how engaged players are and stuff like that in RPGs really amounts to how much tension the game's able to create, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you if you don't if you don't feel tension in something like that, then you don't feel engaged anymore. Yeah, um, and I think that's I don't think that's pretentious. I think you're you're spot on, mate. I think. You know, ship combat can quite often leave some people sitting out or people that aren't interested in it. You know, if you've built a super talky guy, you know, ship combat's not going to hold much interest for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even normal combat might not hold as much interest for you. Uh, you know, ground combat. Um, and if you've got a ship that only has like one or two guns, you've got a limited number of people who are going to be shooting those guns. Limited number of people can pilot. So yeah, I think you're right. It's it's difficult to engage and and keep the the whole table excited. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll let you know. I'll let everyone know my my feelings on it uh, once we, once we have that session, if and when we come to it. Uh, we do have one more bit of news uh, to cover, and that is Modifius have uh, opened pre-orders for their upcoming Fallout RPG. So you can go over to the website and register your your pre-order with them now. What what are our feelings on? Um, on this project, I, I like I like the Fallout universe, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if I want to play an RPG set in the Fallout universe. Um, like, uh, so I I mean I reserve judgment until we're able to actually you know look at the the thing, of course, but. I think like we'd said before we started recording that there there's a definite trend within tabletop at the moment towards licensed product in particular yeah. licensed product from games that had hitherto sorry from universes that had hitherto been specific to video games like um we've seen a lot of the Bethesda IPs um appearing on the tabletop um You've had the, uh, you know, a lot of the from software games as well. You know, with like mm-hmm. Bloodborne and Dark Souls. And where I'm not saying that a a licensed product based on a video game IP is always going to be bad. No. A lot of them are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so I understand the business reasons for doing licensed games, but basically they all amount to laziness, right? Mm. <laughs> like, you've got, like, a, a, a market already there because you'll have fans of that video game or that license in general. You don't have to put in work to building a world. You've got art assets that you can already use. Sometimes if your game has miniatures... You might have three D assets that you can actually just yeah, print, yeah. Uh, yeah. and not even have to pay someone to sculpt new miniatures for you. So I, I, I get it. Um, it's for the same reasons why Hollywood does like remakes const- and sequels constantly. You know, it's because it's less effort and potentially more rewarding. Yeah. It so does it's not rel- make relatively easy money, right? Yeah, but yeah, it. T- I completely agree, though. It does not necessarily... It, it leads to um, poor products because, you know, if you're going to be lazy in that stuff, well, let's just be lazy with actually making the game itself as well, and right? I, I think that's it, right, is that a lot of these things, they lean so heavily upon the IP that that design often becomes an afterthought. I think I think that that is the, the common denominator there. Mm-hmm. I will say, Modifius... Modifius are not too bad at handling IPs. I mean, no, and we play- uh, we, I mean the we we played a little bit of Wasteland Warfare, and mm-hmm. it it was a decent skirmish game, but I think the problem it had was that 
it released around the time that Warhammer 40,000 Kill Team did. Yeah. So what happened was a lot of people were like, you know, well, I've only got room in my life for one sci-fi skirmish game. Mm-hmm. And so it, it got eclipsed by that. Um, I've not had a chance to play the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms, um, but I think that potentially has distinguished itself from other skirmish games by having a strong like co-op element, and they've got the delves, things like yeah. that. Um, so the, the 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 good thing, and that's a good example of how Modifius do approach their licensed product differently, because they're not just thinking like, yeah, well done, boys, we've done another one in the bag like <coughs> Steamforge do um, <laughs> they, they actually do take lessons from previous uh, enterprises like, yeah. and I, I, think, I think the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms is a good example of that where they've gone well we can't just do another skirmish game we need to be a skirmish game with something else that makes mm-hmm. it stand out because there's so many uh, fantasy and sci-fi skirmish games at the moment. I think they were mindful of the fact that they were bringing the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms into a market where they were going to be competing directly with Warcry which is a really yeah. strong skirmish game. And of course, like before they were even doing any sort of miniatures games, Modifius are known for their RPGs as well, so they've got, they do have a long pedigree of writing uh, of writing RPGs so I, I, I don't know. I don't expect it will be terrible. I just I, I'd be lying to, if I said like I'm really keen to play it. I, I think the thing is right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, because I haven't really played any of the Fallout games. Do you, do you, is it one of these RPGs where you build a party? I think you get companions in it, right? But it's not like Final Fantasy where you'll have a party of characters that you're uh, you're playing. Sure, it's it's more like you you the player character are like one dude or dudette, and you wander mm-hmm. about the universe, and you can have one uh, like animal slash robot companion, or you can have and you can have one human companion at a time, and right. they can they those companions can go back to their own little bases, or you can send them to a base of your own, so you do still have this group that you're interacting with, but you're right in that it's not like Final Fantasy where you're, uh, you know, there's like a, a, a trip of you going round. So, so you can see where I'm going with this, right? Like most like pen and paper RPGs, there is normally like a party, you know, and that's not something that we tip, we typically see in the Fallout universe. But I suppose uh, the other thing is that the player character in the Fallout universe is very, very powerful. So yeah. you're probably not going to be as powerful as the Lone Wanderer. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be more like one of those companion characters because they I, I don't know what character creation is going to be like but it's you, you're probably going to I'd be surprised if the game didn't encourage players to lean into specific roles a little bit more Yeah, they did the Star Trek um, RPG which is very well regarded um, they did the John, Com- John Carter of Mars one which, which I reviewed for for ourselves a few years back and they are quite good. I think my, my big concern is not so much Modifius doing an RPG, it's more the scope of what they can do with the license and Fallout yeah. doesn't have like, 
you play in the games you usually play a human because uh, it's set in a, a real world analog um, you could maybe have like a, a ghoul or a, um, like a robot yeah I think it's got the potential to be really interesting certainly and then like you say I'm feeling a, a lot more positive about it because it is Modifius that are handling it and they do have a good track record um, but I think I think to be honest the the reservations I have with it are not so much to do with mechanics. I think I think you know like the example you've given Tom of like everyone starting off like a pleb and working mm-hmm. their way up. That sounds like a really cool gaming experience to me. Like all of these people that are forced to like band together like the Walking Dead style and eventually become badasses. Like that to me is the right way to do a Fallout RPG, right? Group of survivors. Yeah, but I th- I think the problems that I have are probably more to do with the actual role playing because the Fallout universe itself c- swings between being quite dark and being at times quite goofy, and I mean we've we've all met players who struggle to strike a balance between the two, right? Where it's just like one attempt at hilarity after another, which is you know it's just grating, you know. I, I I will say like one one big issue I found with these kinds of games, trying to run them in my own group, not everyone's gonna be interested. Like it's yeah. it's quite a niche because not only are you saying right we're we're doing a, a post apocalyptic game, but you're then you're then sort of shrinking that appeal by saying it's fallout. So you know it falls it follows the convention of fallout. So so by definition you're looking for people who probably have a knowledge of that setting, you know, an experience of that. Do, that do you not feel like that's a problem with RPGs in general, though? Not necessarily. No, I think things like Dungeons and Dragons are fairly open form. You know, I mean, there's a, a dozens of different settings for Dungeons and Dragons for a start, right? Like so all sorts of flavors of fantasy that you want to to play. To, to, to put a bit of perspective on this, and uh, I don't think I'm, I'm speaking out of turn here, uh, it took a couple of the guys that we play um, our Star Wars campaign in to kind of warm to Star Wars. And Star Wars is an IP that is... I'd struggle to find and think of an IP that has a broader appeal than Star Wars. <laughs> so... You know, uh, the, the, it, but this is what I'm. This is, I guess, this is what I'm driving at. It's like I, I maybe should have put in the the addendum of, with the exception of Dungeons and Dragons. Do you not okay. think that that's a problem with role playing games? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the, I think it is yeah. right. That is that is that the is that like settings and IPs are are polarizing. They just are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like, if I'm trying to think off the top of my head of other games that I've tried that. I mean, obviously, Pathfinder is quite similar to Dungeons and Dragons in that respect, but Pathfinder, let's face it, started as a copy of Dungeons and Dragons. So, um, no, um, it, is. it entirely yeah. is. It's not even apologetic for it. Yeah, uh, Call of Cthulhu has a couple of different settings and modes, but it, they all are horror-ish to some, to one degree or another, and that can put people off. Yeah, so. I find Call of Cthulhu is actually very polarizing. Uh, I, I, Lovecraft in general is, though, right? Yeah, like I've mm-hmm. I've had people, even within our current gaming group, and I kind of say let's play Call of Cthulhu, and some people are like, yeah, let's let's do it. You know, some people are kind of like, meh, okay, whatever. But then you get some people like, I'm not really interested in 
in Cosmic I'm Horror. I'm bursting to play Call of Cthulhu. I've still not played it. Uh, and I am the oh, self-professed biggest Lovecraft nerd in this group. Fight me. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to. I don't. Don't make. I, I, why? Why are you making me? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I call it. I, I think a Call of Cthulhu would be my favourite uh, RPG. Not actually, not so much for the setting. Although I do really like the set the, or the various settings for it. I, I really like it mechanically. I think it just works re- like a treat. So, um, I, I find, and Josh can probably attest to this. What I love about Call of Cthulhu is it's so dark, right? It's so grim, but you can have these fantastic moments of organic comedy. Oh so they're not—they're not forced, you know. It's not someone, yeah. you know, playing the class clown for the table. It's just you know these really dark situations happen, but these these kind of gallows humor come come out of them, um, and it, it really kind of it, it works really well. Um, and I mean, I've seen it in in games with Josh. In my defense, I'm not like my Call of Cthulhu character is not a comic relief character at all, which is something I I, I do like I to lean you. into a lot. I you. <laughs> he's not. Every, he's not. He's, every character he's the... Josh makes is a comic relief character, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're getting at. I understand now. Uh, Your mere um, presence alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I think that's that's a very Lovecraft thing, though, right? You know, yeah. like he really plays around with like there's a there's a very fine line between comedy and tragedy, mm-hmm. and to me, actually, that does feel very cosmic horror, like mm-hmm. just laughing at these horrible things happening to people. Like no one cares, you're suffering. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. quite appropriate. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah. Uh, should we, I listener? We've had horrendous technical issues recording this episode. I'm just going to say this: if if I, I really hope we can salvage this, I'm sure we will. It's entirely but, possible. I've not been here for a good half of this episode <laughs> due to some of the technical yeah. issues. We will. We'll we'll find out. Hopefully, the good people at Squadcast are able to recover a lot of the recordings for us. Uh, Shout outs to Squadcast, who we've been using for ages now, actually, and are pretty reliable. So, we've been using Squadcast so long that we actually started using them before the CEO had, uh, or sorry, the director had quit his day job to do yeah. Squadcast full time. Yeah, no, they they are great though, uh, and uh, uh, the, the odd time we've had technical Thank difficulties. You, yeah, cheers, Zach. <laughs> Fix my podcast, uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the uh, the odd time we have had technical di- difficulties with them, they work very hard to get them resolved. So really, really yes. appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but hopefully, hopefully you guys are listening to this and we're able to resolve them all. But um, given that it's been a long recording, should we should we call, draw that to a close? I mean, we really don't know how long yeah. this recording is, do we? It remains to be seen. Could be we'll anything from out. ten minutes to you know an hour and a half at this point yeah yeah right yeah guys well uh thank you very much for listening and until next time take care Bye.